Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, we ask your blessing upon the word now, and we ask that you would keep us for the next years, Lord, the next days, weeks, and months as you continue to reveal your purpose in this place, in our hearts, as you continue to confirm the calling of God. Father, we pray, Father God, that we not waste our time, for the days are evil and wicked. Help us redeem the time and not walk as unwise, but that we walk as wise, knowing the will of God, and that we would be encouraged to faithfully serve you together with the body of Christ all the days of our life. We pray your blessing upon this house. Without your blessing, we could not prosper. We could not do anything. So we pray, Father God, you continue to add those that are to be saved to this house, the families that are going to be raised up to be sent out to the four corners of the earth to testify the goodness of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that your blood would cover us, that would you put a hedge of thorns around this place, Lord, and keep us safe and protect us, that your angels would encamp around those who fear your name, Lord. And we pray that this word that we're about to hear would prosper in the hearts of your people. It would be a good seed planted in good hearts that produce good fruit, a harvest that glorifies your name. Magnify your name in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. As we see the scriptures, absolutely, as we see the scriptures, we see the faithfulness of God telling us that we're to have a story to tell our children. One of the reasons we continue to share our vision and we continue to say the vision that Pastor Jules just read was taken from a newspaper article that came out in April of 1998. One of my friends here in Miami owned a newspaper a distribution, a, a newspaper company, and he said, could you do me a favor, Joaquin? Write down the vision. And that's what the Bible says. Write down the vision so people could run after it. And so that's what we did, and that's the vision we preserve to this day. We actually put it away for seven years, and we didn't read it. And then seven years later, we pulled it out, and we read it, and everything was moving in that direction. So the state of the union here at Spring of Life Fellowship, we're changing the world. There are families that have embodied the vision and passed it down to their children. The Bible says that there was a day that we were in darkness, but he called us out of darkness. When we read that passage in the Bible, it really speaks about what has happened in our lives. There in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You have been chosen for this generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a special people that belong to God. What for? Why would God be doing all this work over our lives? Uh, our statement here at Spring of Life is we're not perfect, we don't walk on water. But we're genuine and we walk by faith. We're serious about God. And so he says that you might proclaim. 
that you announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Now, some people have forgotten how dark darkness was. So they tend to drift off into the 50 shades of gray. But I, I will never forget where God brought us out of. Our childhood might have see, seemed on the outside of being the, the doctor's family growing up in the American dream. But the American dream became a nightmare without Jesus. And everything began to fall apart as one who builds on the sand. But Jesus came knocking and saved our family. And he started doing a work that was amazing. And I'll never forget the darkness that God called us out of. I didn't want my children to inherit darkness. I wanted them to be able to proclaim the praises of him who has marvelous light. And that's been our testimony. The Bible continues on to say in verse 10, once you were so selfish, you were not a people. When you see people without Jesus in their hearts, they cannot cohabit. That's what the word Jezebel means. A woman who's unable to stay at home to build the house. She cannot be in habitation. She has to destroy family. So here it says, you who were not a people, and we did not have the capacity to love our wives and honor our husbands and be able to obey our parents, we were falling apart in every direction. That's called selfishness. When you're looking for your self-interest, you're not a people. But the, the work of Jesus Christ as he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What for? For you who were not a people, now are the people. You're the people of God. You form a place where you can call people come to a place where there's no selfishness. Where people are not looking out for themselves. And so I'm blessed every time I read this because he says that once you become the people of God, it's because you had not obtained mercy, but now the mercy of God is in your life. This to say that God wants you to stop being selfish and he wants the individual to take part of a family and to be spiritually employed, to work as a servant of the Lord. And to be able to serve one another, love one another, comfort one another, encourage one another. And you can't do that if you're selfish and you stay away from the body of Christ. It's so important. Early on, we met Jack Keane and he allowed us to come to speak to his annual conference. And when I got there, there was a lot of people doing ministry, but they were not a part of a church. How could you miss out? being part of the body of Christ and you say that you have a ministry the ministry is unto the body of Christ every member doing their part so that everyone grows but if you've been deceived into distancing yourself from the church from the body of Christ from the body of believers from the bride of Christ the devil has deceived you you have lost the capacity to be waiting for the Lord who's coming back for his 
church. He's coming back for his bride. And so the verse 11 continues on to say, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers, pilgrims, to not let your flesh dictate your direction. Abstain from the desires of the flesh because all they do is attack your soul. And so there, that is the battle that we wage. Verse, four, uh, verse 12, keep your behavior excellent. Keep your conduct in a manner that's honorable amongst the Gentiles. One of the things that we say all the time is, if you're unfaithful and you're uh, walking, betraying your country and your citizenry, that's not an example. To be faithful, to be able to walk, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they might see your good works, which they observe, and that causes them to glorify God in the day of visitation. When people see what's happening in the spring of life, it's the evidence of God's mercy on top of us. One day, I didn't care about anybody but myself. One day, I didn't have time to spend for someone else. I was too busy about my priorities, about what I needed, what I wanted, what I desired. But Christ quickly put a new heart in my person. And I began to think of others more important than myself and desire for others to champion life and to give others what God has given me. He healed 10 lepers and only one stayed. And he says, where are the other nine? 90% of those touched by God will forget where they were made whole. 90% of the nature of humankind is to walk in selfishness. It's very unusual for a people to stay and do what it says here. Those that were not of people became a people. Those that did not have mercy obtained mercy. The Bible says so that we can shout forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness. I Never get tired, I never get tired of telling people about what God has done. I remember we took teams of men to travel in different places. We've touched so many states in the union. Last year in 2020, we were invited by the Family Research Council to take part in their conference to men, Stand Courageous. And they invited us to participate in these conferences, calling the men in America to take their courageous stand and to be part of their conference, to be able to encourage men to follow our example. Not words, but a life that speaks. And so we've gone to California, and we've gone to Texas and Oklahoma. We've been to Canada and New York and Maine. We've been to all over Vermont. We've been to North Carolina, South Carolina. God has allowed us to travel our entire nation, waking up men to be warriors. And so as we go these places, I remember one night, it was late. We were getting to the hotel super late at night. It was 1130. We were exhausted. 
But the guy that was checking us into the hotel, he's over there, I believe it was Boston. And we're checking into Boston's hotel at 1130 at night. And I, I see the man behind the counter and I said, Gerardo, tell him what God has done. He was so tired. He says, Pastor, I'm going to sleep. You tell him. And he just turned around. He was exhausted. We invited that young man to know Jesus Christ. We invited that man to repent and to walk with God and to take God serious. The Bible says in Psalm 78, listen, my people, verse 1, listen to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. If God was to give you a secret today in, on our anniversary, if God were to whisper in your ear, verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable and I will utter dark sayings of old. I'm going to reveal secret proverbs from the ancient days. Verse 3. Which we have heard and we have known. It's become real to us because our fathers have told us. There's nothing more criminal than a father who's not telling his children the story. You see it happen at Spring of Life. We're so excited about what God has done in our lives. We tell our children so that they serve the God of their fathers. But if you're not telling your children why you're here and what God has done, they might not value this place. They might do what Francis says and they might forget. And they might leave and it might not come to the next generation. Your children, your sons and your daughters will not know what God has done. And he says, I'm going to speak to you in your ear what we have heard and what we know. Verse 4, we're not going to keep it a secret from them. We're not going to let our children forget what God has done. We're not going to act like God didn't show up and have mercy and make us a people. We who were not a people. I marvel all the time and I say, what if Christ would not have come into my heart? What if, if, if I decided not to have a Christian woman to marry? What if I didn't have a Christian marriage? What if I didn't have a Christian home? What if my children decided not to proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness. If you know my children, they're more on fire than I am. They want to fight the good fight. They want to proclaim the gospel. They want to live it. They want to evidence it in their lives. They're not ashamed of the gospel. They've heard the great and glorious things. Telling the generation to come. Some of you don't have that to pass down. We invite you to be a part of a place that's shaking the earth. In the last days, filled with the Spirit of God. Seeing all the manner of miracles and transformation on a daily basis. Telling the generation to come the praises of God and His strength. 
the power of God. He does all things are possible. When things are impossible for man, they are possible for God. We see this on a daily basis. And his wonderful works, his power and wonderful works that he has done. Do you have that to pass down to that generation? Do you talk about Christ more than the Bitcoin? Every time I hear somebody in the cryptic world talk about Bitcoins, I want to throw up. Because it means they have not come to Christ. That Christ makes you rich and adds no sorrow. That that your children not walk according to the trends of this world. Did you hear what Elon Musk said? Did you say, hear what Bezos said? No, I hear what Peter, Paul, and John said. I hear what James says and Timothy. I'm on fire for God. I don't have time to talk foolishness. The God, you know, we listen to CNN. And we're, I was at a meeting with some national leaders last couple weeks, two weeks ago. And they're all talking about what are we going to do? With Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And what are we going to do with the Democrats and the Republicans? And what are we going to do about Trump? What are we... I said, listen to me. Our problem is not politics. It's the body of Christ. It's Christians that are not living what they profess. These, these guys go around saying hallelujah and I love Jesus. And they're not part of a church. They don't have a pastor. They don't have a covering. They don't have a bishop. Ha! If you're a bishop, you got to perfect that. I'm a new bishop, so I don't know how to do that yet. But T.D. Jakes and all these bishops, they're all like, ah! They're shouting the, the praises of God. The wonderful works of our God that we should be passing down. And we can't even pass down. Some of us catch COVID and don't even pass it down. Much less the gospel, much less the fire of God, much less the world-changing vision, much less the honor of men and women that are living the truth of the gospel. It's meritorious for Pastor Richie to say, you know something? I'm coming to your side. Let's change the world together. Let's live for God. Showing the world the reality of the gospel. I met a man this week, and he got saved gloriously, and he tells me, well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I said, listen, you're becoming a Pharisee. You have it all up here. You're trying to figure out all the kingdom in your head, and there's no life to follow and, and, and be an example to others. So here these people are passing down the things they've seen, the wonderful works, the power of God. Verse 5, for he has given a testimony. He's established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. There's, there's a DNA in this house. It's particular it's refined, it's defined. We're building champions. Not ordinary people. People that would stand out a million miles away because of their conduct. 
because they're not walking with the culture. They're walking with the kingdom. They know how to govern themselves. They know how to govern their thoughts, their words, their actions. They honor, they submit, they obey. Philippians 2 verse 1 says, if there is any evidence of the fact that you're a Christian, if there's any consolation that you're in Christ, if there is truly a comfort that there's going to be love, if there's any contact and fellowship with the Spirit, if there's any emotion, and if there's truth to the mercy you've received, if you're a real Christian, verse 2, fulfill my joy being in the same mind, having the same love, being in one agreement of one mind. God did not create chaos. God did not create confusion. God did not give you a pastor for you not to listen to, for him not to lead you. You might not understand but everyone who's allowed themselves to be led and spoken to has flourished and skyrocketed for the glory of God. The fruits are evident that they're walking in the same mind, in the same love, in the same accord of one mind. That's a lot of ones there, my friend. I don't see two. I, the devil is the one that brought two to mind. He said to the man and the woman, God deprived you of having that tree so that you not become like God. As soon as you start listening to another voice in another direction, you become double-minded. God put you in a place. God put you in a family. God gave you a vision. God gave you a church. God gave you families. God gave you something to pass down to your children. And that you would walk in the contrary opposite direction. I believe is the sadness of every parent when they have rebellious children, disobedient children. The dad points, this is the way of blessing, and they have lifted their thoughts above the thoughts of the man they should honor. But here in the Philippians, we see this clearly. Verse 3 continues on to say, be of one mind. Let nothing be done out of selfishness. You're not living selfishly no more. Don't do anything because it, it benefits you. Well, pastor, I was thinking and I was feeling and I was wanting. God bless you, brother, but this is not about you. I was good, man. Great amen there. Thank you. <laughs> oh, pastor, I was thinking and I was feeling and I was wanting. And brother, until you turn that I into we, into us, into families that lay our lives down together, for one another, for the cause of Christ. Let nothing be done because you benefit. Let there not be anything done out of conceit, but each of you be lowly in your thoughts, esteeming, valuing others more profitable than yourselves. And that's the blessing in this place. People continue to ask me why you have so many pastors because I don't want to have the sole understanding of God's heart in this place. So men who have been faithful, men who have persevered, 
men who walk as an example, those are the men that we want at the forefront of the leadership of this church. And they continue to be added. God's going to continue to add wise men to our surrounding. Men who fear the Lord. And so as he was telling them to tell their children, and he was telling them to walk in the instruction, Psalm 78, 5 says, teach your children. That you should teach your children. Pass it down to the next generation. What for? Verse 6. Psalm 78, 6, that the next generation, 78, 6 there, that the next generation to come might know these things. The children who would be born, and there's all manner of children being born. I think one of them is going to be presented in the next service, Catalina Rivera. Uh, Gary and Amanda just had a princess. And Richard and Chavelin just had a prince, Ryan. And these children continue to be born in this house. This house is fertile. There's a lot of children born into this house. I was going to invite Mr. Daniel Lopez to come up here and Victoria and Ashley and Nicole and Sophia and Mr. Caracol, Julian. I want you guys to come up here real quick. These are the children born of this ministry. The Bible says... That the children born, that they might arise and declare these things to these children. I have no doubt in my mind that these young ones that are born in this house carry the DNA of this house. And man, they are going to do great exploits. They're going to walk in manners like Daniel did, ten times wiser than his companions. Like David who says, I only have friends that fear God. Like Joseph, who said that he would come to be the father of Pharaoh. These children that are born in this house, they have a high call on themselves. And they know that if they don't change the world, the world wants to change them. They know that they set the standard, that they're the leaders of tomorrow. Many of them are towing the standard of leadership in their home. I remember my three boys when they were five, six, and seven... They would quote to me Matthew 5, 37. They would say, hey, dad, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Quit flip-flopping. Don't say one thing and then do another. My own kids would hold me to the integrity and the standard of the word of God. And that's a blessing for us. And so these youth also that are part of this house, and we can tell you throughout the, from the time they're born and you're, Three years old, you already start knowing that this house is different, that you're part of a special family, a world-changing family, that our DNA is different than people down the street that are walking like the world. We're called to be examples. So it doesn't matter if you're 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15, 16, 20. By the time you're 30 years old, you know that you are the standard of God for this generation. And you, if you have to stand alone, you will. Through the courage and the spirit of God, like those who follow Jesus. I want to hear from these young world changers real quick what spring of life means to them, and then we're going to close in prayer. We'll go from the youngest to the oldest. Come out front here. David Carrigal. Um, what spring of life means for me is mostly everything, like 
if I feel like um, if I never came here, I wouldn't be who I am right now. And that's the reason why I love Spring of Life. Hey, man, how old are you? Nine. Nine years old. He wouldn't be who he is right now. People, listen to what he's saying. My name is Julian Carrigal, and what Spring of Life means to me is how I'm able to learn more about the Lord and how he can guide me through my path and figure out my purpose throughout my life. And when I get older, I'll be able to know that God is with me. He'll never forsake me and that he'll always be with me. That's and a that's good thing to life Amen. means to me. Super good. Thank you, sir. I'm Sophia Palma, and Spring of Life means to me that um, it's like my second home. It's where I learned almost everything about the Lord, and this is where I grew up. This is how, um, this is where I learned um, how to be a Christian and how to minister to everyone else that I see. So. Amen. Thank you. I'm Victoria, and what Spring of Life means to me is it this is this is a holy place and um i'm just so thankful to the lord and for everyone who has helped me and um be a christian and i'm so thankful that i'm walking toward the lord and yeah victoria i have a question for you and thank you for that comment um what's your fondest youngest memory when you go back to where you can remember when you're a little girl what was besides getting spanked by me right we're not going to go there but um, what, is, what, is your, what is your memory of growing up in this place? Uh, what, was it dance? Was it, was it summer camp? Was it Sunday school? What was your fondest, best memory as far back as you could go? How old were you? Well, my youngest memory, I don't remember the age I was, but I do remember being in the preschool over there in Sunday school and them teaching about God and to love God and to love your enemies. And I remember sitting in the little baby chairs and coloring. Yeah, are you out of Sunday school already? Yeah. Absolutely, she made it to youth group already. All right, good. Next. My name is Nicole Palma, and what Spring of Life means to me is that it's the place where I find the answer to everything, and um, Jesus is the answer. And I learn where to live like him, how to live like him. And I see great examples of how I should do life. And I know who to talk to. And my parents, since they're, I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm, that's who I'm learning from. And because of you guys, I get to live a blessed life. Hey, Amen. Thank you. Um, my name is Ashley Hinao, and I love this church because it's just one big family, and um, I'm so grateful to have this church, and um, I enjoy being a pastor's kid, and there's so many people here that you can look up to, especially the women. They've taught me and to learn from my mistakes and everything that I've done wrong. They've just led me and showed me which way to go, so I'm super thankful for that. Hey, man. Wait, don't leave that mic real quick, Ashley. Ashley is the youngest member of our cleaning crew. <laughs> Long after uh, children in servitude, which means slaves, was kicked out, she decided to join the, the cleaning crew. How old were you when you started cleaning? 
Don't even remember. Um, probably like, what is it? Three. Three yeah. years old. How do you join the cleaning crew when you're three? So she would love to put on the rubber gloves and she was spraying everything with Windex and she's cleaning the chairs and the tables. And then she graduates to youth group and they said, guess what? After youth group, we clean the church. And she goes, ah, oh, that's nothing. I've been doing that since I was three. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Daniel Lopez. Um, my name is Daniel. Um, church to me is everything. Like I come here always. Um, I love coming here. Um, I look at all the men that they already have families and wives, and I look up to them, all the pastors, my dad, um, and that they're all serving in the church, and I've been here as long as I can remember since I was born, and I love it. Um, growing up in Sunday school, um, coming to all the preachings now with pastor, I used to look up and be like, wow, they're sitting here, he's preaching in the altar, that's super cool, learning new stuff every Sunday and Wednesday, and I just love them, and they're a huge blessing in my life. Amen. How old are you now? 15. Okay, that's good. I've been trying to get you married forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling, listen, he's 15 years old, but I told my nieces, my nieces are in their early, late, mid-20s, early 30s, and I, not, they're not even 30 yet. They're 26, 27. I told my nieces, if you don't marry Daniel Lopez, you're going to have a horrible husband. Now, he's a little bit younger than you, but he's going to own the town. I have to get his parents' uh, parental slip permission. <laughs> but these are young men that are championing life. You're 15? Wow. Brian just turned 18, Pastor Kenny's oldest. And, and I, you know, these men, are gonna, they're going to be taken fast. You better get your daughter on these guys right now. Um, because there's not a lot of men out there that are willing to take on the responsibility of loving a wife and starting a family. And these, these young, I, I try to get the girls married, don't get me wrong. Girls, you guys are going to get married too. Uh, but to be able to fill the earth with godly seed, with boys and girls who grew up in the house of the Lord, uh, to become great in their generation with a word of clarity, with the presence of purpose, this is priceless. So thank you for your life, Daniel and Ashley and Nicole and Victoria and Sophie and Julian and David. This is just a few of the hundreds of young people that God has entrusted that were born in this house. Father, we thank you this day that you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Thank you for what the word of God represents. Thank you for our salvation in Christ, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit to make us one, to turn our selfishness into love, that we can serve one another, because by this the world will know that we are your disciples, that we are your followers, because we love one another. We are close to the heart of God in family, in marriage, in raising up champions and these wonderful young women who one day will have to be a part of the leadership of the home to establish your kingdom in peace and righteousness. Father, forgive us for our disobedience and our tendency to go astray and to be distracted. Forgive us for our sins and wash us and cleanse us by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for this day. 
Thank you for Spring of Life Fellowship. Thank you for your church. Thank you for leadership that is consistent with honoring your word. Be glorified and use us in the coming days to fill the earth with your glory. Continue to add to this church those that will be a part of this world-changing vision, those that will embrace the purpose of God for the last days. Thank you for those who are no longer here, Lord. We pray, Father God, that you keep this place safe from wolves, from snakes, from the enemy, O oh God. We pray that the prodigals will come home and to come back to the family for celebration mode. We glorify your name, we exalt you, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray, and the people of God say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. See you at 12 o'clock for the Spanish service. See you Wednesday night, tomorrow night, men's service, men's meeting at 8 o'clock, and we'll continue to change the world in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you, guys.